0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. We appreciate you. You are a good God. There's no doubt about it. Faithful, kind, loving, merciful, gracious, there are not, no good words enough to describe who you are. But, Lord, we are grateful uh, that you are our God. And, Lord, you keep reminding us and teaching us uh, things that will make us better in our walk with you. Lord, as we look into your word of life this morning, Jehovah, I pray that you will speak to us uh, by yourself, through your spirit. Teach us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Seed doing? Doing well. Doing great? Okay. Joy is laughing because all the people saying doing well, doing well. She knows they have a secret. <laughs> you know, so we, we did that as an illustration of the sermon series that we started. Amen? You overwatered your seed. <laughs> Don't worry. There shall be a comeback. In the name of Jesus, if you need fresh seed, I will make it available. You know, and daddy is an expert farmer. (laughs) You can give the two survive, so you will loan daddy one. What God has joined together. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, so last Sunday we talked about different four different kinds of hearts that we can have based on that illustration. In Matthew chapter 13, reading from 1 to 8, and then from 18 to 23. Amen. And we saw that the first kind of heart that people can have is a hardened or oblivious or ignorant heart. Uh, this we liken to like a wasteland. That's the, the, the ones that fell by the pathway where the ground is hardened and it was impossible for the, plant, uh, for the seed to be sown. You know, And the birds of the air came and ate up that seed. And we said an example of that is Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot was present. He was always there with Jesus, but he was one of those, the way I like to put it is he was living on the fringes. He was there, but he was not really there. So all the words that Jesus was sowing did not find a place to grip. In his heart, for it to stay, you know. Otherwise, if you believe Jesus was the savior, indeed, would he have been so audacious to betray the savior of the world? And then we said, number two, is a troubled heart. A troubled heart is a heart that uh, the, the seed fed or fell on rocky soil. Yeah, there's soil, but the soil is shallow. The soil is shallow. So as the plant began to grow, it couldn't find depth in the soil. And I said, these are the superficial Christians. You know, they hear the word, they receive the word, they get excited about the word, preach it, pastor. You know, they b- do all of that. Direction. <laughs> they, they, they do all of that. But the word did not, is not rooted in them. And we gave the example of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler when he approached Jesus and Jesus asked him, he said, go do X, Y, Z. He said, oh all of that I've done from my youth. He was a superficial believer. And there are many people like this in the church you know, they know scripture. It's not about scripture. They know scripture. They can quote scripture. But They don't believe the word they know. How do I know I believe? I act on what I know. What is the value of knowledge if it is not acted upon? They said, oh, if you do X, Y, Z, you will receive $10 million in your account. You say, it's a lie. It's not possible. At least do it. Whether it's true or false, they said the taste is what? Is in the pudding. He's in tasting it. Amen. Matter of fact, true story. Somebody came and explained to me yesterday, just yesterday. Showed me something. He said, Pastor, you know, these people, they say they will give me employment. They will pay me $82 an hour, but I think it's fake. I think it's fake. As I feel the thing, it said, like they said they will send me a check to buy equipment. I received the check. He said, I'm afraid maybe if I pay the check into my account, I said, they, they cannot reverse engineer to enter your account because you deposited the check into your account. You deposit it, cash the check, go buy the equipment. Just make sure you do what you said you would do with the money. Just in case they come to audit, you don't run into Let them off. If they pay you $82 an hour to work from home, what's your problem? You know, but you have to at least apply to know whether it is true or false. You know, so these are the believers, very superficial, easily offended. Easily offended. You know, if something it says, oh, can you imagine? Blah, blah, blah. But they know scripture. In fact, they will quote scripture to defend their offense. <laughs> superficial believers. That is why the rich young ruler, the Bible said, he left Jesus sad. He walked away from the Savior, from the Master. He walked away sad. And then the third category we looked at is a distracted heart. The distracted heart we said are those seed that fell among the thorns. You know, they received the word, they were excited about the word, but distractions choked the word in them. I will give the example of King Solomon. King Solomon, in the, in the beginning, God told him, He said, "Ask me anything. Whatever you want, I give to you." He said, "Just, just give me wisdom." That was all he asked. God said, Because you have not asked for wealth and riches, not only will I give you wisdom, I will give you riches, I will give you wealth. But later on in his life, he was distracted because he loved women too much. 300 wives, 700 concubines. That was a man. That was a man. You know, so that, uh, King Solomon was the example. And then we said, we talked about the fatal heart, you know, I we said the fatal heart is a heart that can sustain life. You know, we give the example of uh, the Samaritan woman. So enough of the recap. Let's dive into uh, today very slowly. So the disciples asked Jesus, they said uh, Matthew 13, uh, 10, and 11, he his disciples asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that if you are a follower, if you are a follower of Christ, you have the ability to hear the word, to understand the word, and you have the wisdom to be able to apply the word. So anytime you hear the word you don't understand, it's not because of inability. Why? Because Jesus said, and we believe Jesus, yeah? Jesus said you have no problem with comprehension. Perhaps there are certain things that are tugging your mind that is struggling with the word. Amen? So, very important, I have the ability to hear. I have the ability to understand, amen, and, uh, and I have the ability to put, to act upon the word. It is in me. It is in me. It's not an impossibility for me. I can do it, amen. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are we together? Are we together? Praise the Lord. You know, so last Sunday, before the end of service, some people already lost their seats. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) You don't don't want to, Uh, you know. Some people lost their seed. Why? If that seed, (laughs) I was joking with somebody yesterday. If that seed, if they had told you that that tiny seed was pure diamond like you have never seen before, how many people will lose it? You will guard it with your life. You know, the way people are walking around you, you'll be, say, no, clear the way for me because of a tiny seed. So we lost it because we didn't understand the value. Whenever we don't get the value of the word of God, it's easy for that word to dissipate from our lives and be of no value to us. Uh, praise the Lord. And some, in fact, someone actually told me, I said, yesterday, I said, So did you plant your seed? He said, No, Pastor, it's still inside my jacket. <laughs> I can tell you that seed will not be productive because there's no soil in the pocket. Hallelujah. You know, anyway, let's come back. This is something, something I think is important enough for us to remember. And I want you to pay attention to this. For the word of God to take roots in our lives and bear fruit, we have to be like the Berean Christians. In Acts chapter 17 and the 11th verse, Acts 17, 11, the Bible says the Berean people were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They watch this now. Watch this. This is the difference. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. It means they did not rely on what was said to them. They went back and they investigated. They looked. The Bible says they searched the scriptures day after day. Day after day. Berea, Berea is present day northern Greece. And I looked it up. Uh, for those that came to Bible studies some two weeks ago, we started a new series on the book of Ephesians. You know? They were in. In Greece today, 90% of the population is still Christian. You know why? Because the culture, I don't know present-day Greece, but the culture is about investigating and looking at the world. Unlike Ephesus. Ephesus is in present-day Turkey. Present-day Turkey. In present-day Turkey they have less than half a percent of Christians there. So what determines whether or not you're going to stand or not based on what you have heard is not what you heard. It's what you do with what you heard. Amen? Do I go back and investigate to see if those things are so? Let me me tell you how this relates to what we are talking about. So, I am no farmer. In fact, I'm very far from garden work, farming, or anything like that. You know, but after we were done last Sunday, my wife told me that what you said you are going to do will not work. I said, what do you mean? It will work. Is it not soil? I've gotten good soil. I have good soil. I have good seed. I put it there. I put water. It will grow. She said, this is too much soil. I said, okay. I'll be smart. So I researched. I went on YouTube. You know, how do you plant a seed? And I saw a video. And it showed me exactly, may I have that, please? It showed me exactly what I needed to do. So I went to Lowe's. And I bought uh, something called uh, pellets, thanks to my wife. I bought a starter kit. What you're looking at was like this. It was small, very tiny pellet. You know, but as you added water to the tray, it begins to swell. And it went, it became as big as this. You know, and in that starter kit, in that starter kit, they had a sachet of vitamins. So I mixed it with water. And that's the water I used for this. And I planted this on Monday. I bet you your seed has not germinated as well as mine. Yours is half of mine, yours is taller. Sin is believing. It's not, it's not a competition, but you get the drift. So, I lacked knowledge. I lacked understanding, but I went and searched. I sought for knowledge. I sought for knowledge. So, when you hear the word and you don't understand the word, you ask questions, which is what I did. I was asking questions. And when I asked questions, based on the feedback I got... I have this result today. Praise the Lord. If the word of God is going to be beneficial in our lives, we have to pay a little closer attention. Most people today, the Bible they are going to read for the week is whatever is read on Sunday. So if nothing is read, they are not reading anything else. Amen? So we must make a habit of studying. Even when it seems like, oh, this is so wonderful, this is so fantastic, go back and read for yourself. One of the things I tell people is this. If you hear a sermon, it it excited you so much. Somebody read a scripture and they said a bunch of things from that scripture that were exciting for you and you get back home, you read the same text and you can't see what they were talking about. In the same text. Something is wrong with that picture, no? You are reading the same text they read, but you are not getting the same understanding that excited you during the class. It's either you needed God to open your eyes of understanding, or they were just making up stories and telling you exciting things. It's either of the two. Because the Word of God is constant. My life can change, and I can grow. Just like this. Last Sunday, this was just a seed. But look at what we have today. I don't know how, mo- how long I can sustain this. It's not my forte. But uh, at least I have bragging rights for today. <laughs> you know? Technica. Take picture. <laughs> for the records. Where's the camera? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why do I know, or how do I know, that my life is able to change and I can grow and be better? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and the 10th verse, it said that you and I are God's workmanship. Amen? If there's a problem, if you buy a brand new car, right? You, the church, you give me a brand new car, one. You know, when I turned 50 a few years ago, 60 is coming. I'm just saying. (laughs) God, it's been six years. You know, that car, every time, you know, there's a certain mass, I go to the dealership. It was a Toyota Camry. I go to the dealership. They know their product very well. You know, they did all the tuning up. They did everything. So whatever is lacking in my life, my maker has the answer to it all. You know, so, I can go to the Father. Why? Because I'm um, the work of His hand. The Bible says we are the workmanship of God. We are the workmanship of God. So, growth for a Christian, for a believer, is a complex matter. It's not like a, a simple equation 1 plus 1 equals 2. Amen. There are many change agents that God will use to grow our lives. Number one, the Word of God, which is what we have been talking about. Number two, amen, is fellowship with other believers. This is why live streaming cannot make a Christian. The Bible says we must not forsake, this is nothing on those that are watching from home, you know, but the Bible says we must not forget the assembly of the brethren, amen. We have to do life together, you know why? Because all of us together we're going to help each other grow. We're going to help each other be better. You know, I am not the same pastor 20 years ago that started Salvation Center. My interaction with you, with you, with you with everybody has matured me over the years. Praise the Lord. So, we the fellowship together, no, number one, the Word of God. Number two, our fellowship one with another. Number three, prayer. If we're going to mature, if we're going to grow, and number four, worship. Listen to this. I want you to pay close attention to this. It is not my responsibility to grow myself. Matter of fact, I cannot grow myself. Let's open to... 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's switch from verse 5 through 9. From 5 through 9. Watch this. He said, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are all God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it was God. Let's read it together. It was God. It It was God. God made it grow. Somebody planted the seed. The seed is good. The seed is excellent. Somebody else came by, watered the seed. You know, it is implied. It is not said, but it's implied in the text you know, you need the sun for it to grow. You know, the sun did its job, the soil did its job, the water did its job, but who made it grow? God. Only God can grow us. It's not the labor, oh, I've labored so much and I'm growing me. No. God will look at my effort, the seed, the word, the prayer, and all of that, and God is the one that grows us. God is the one that matures us. God is the one that makes sure our life are aligned with his purpose. So I planted the seed in your heart. Apollos watered it, but God caused the seed to grow. Next verse. He said, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God, somebody said God, Somebody say God. God. God makes it grow. Verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their hard work for we are both God's workers. The old King James says we are co-workers with God. Amen. And you are God's field. You are God's A few observations very quickly and we will close this morning. Number one, spiritual growth is not a product of human labor. I have my input. God is not going to read the Bible for me. The angels will not read the Bible for me. I will read the Bible. Amen. I will cultivate my heart. Amen? I will cultivate my heart. God is not going to force my heart to comply with his word. It is a responsibility that I have. you know, And that responsibility, how well you take it, is shown in your conduct. How you interact with the word of God. How you relate with the word of God. Amen? So I cultivate my heart, but God gives the increase. Like I said, the quality of the seed matters. If the seed is poor, there's nothing you can do about it. But we know the seed is good. Why? Because the seed is the word of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. The seed is the word of God. So we know there's no problem with the seed. The soil matters. The soil is my heart. If my heart is inhospitable, to the word of God. Remember, it says the Bereans were not like the people in Thessalonica. He said they were more open-minded. Their hearts were softened. They were open to receive the word of God. Whether or not the word was rebuking them. Amen? Amen? We like the word of God when it is not a rebuke. We like it when it promises us good life prosperity, life, this and that, which is okay. But you can't take one without the other. Amen? How many of us parents, you just give your children candy? Anytime, you just give them candy, right? Just candy. <laughs> Emmanuel says he wants candy. You know, you, many of you wonder why the children come to me. In my office, I have a box of candy. Every time they come, how you doing, Pastor? Say I'm doing well. You want chocolate? You say yes. <laughs> you know and they go and once they go out, they go show off to their friends. <laughs> See what I got? And then that one. How you doing, Pastor? <laughs> In fact, some of them they know where the cookie jar is. They just go to the jar. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to at least say hello. You know, so I teach them the little manners there. You know what am I saying? The word of God is important. Your heart. The problem a lot of times is the heart. Somebody say it's a heart problem. A heart. The problem we have is a heart problem. If your heart is not receptive, it really doesn't matter what word is sown there. It will not grow. It, will, it cannot take hold of the heart. Amen. So the soil, the water, the sunlight, all of that, they are important. But ultimately, God is the master architect for growth. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. The people of Corinth were an interesting bunch. You know, and I still see a corollary with, between those people and us today. What was their argument back then? You know, some people were saying, oh, I'm of Apollos. Others were saying, no, I'm of Paul. My guy is badder than your guy. You know, my guy is, is, is bad to the bones. You know, I belong to Paul. I belong to Apollos. So Paul had to write to them. say, said, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? And he's saying, all of us, Paul, Apollos, and all of them put together, he says, we are all co-laborers with god so it means if tosi is going to mature spiritually it will take paul it will take apollos it will take great he will take michael it will take all of us together working together why because a koye will come and step on her toes you know and then how she responds Shows the maturity of our heart. You know? So, I step on the left, too. Say, here is the right. Nah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So, it is in that community, together, that we are all built up. That's how we grow. And that is why I I feel bad for folks that say, no, 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 no. I don't want to know anybody. I just come. You know, they pray, I say amen, I bounce. I don't want to associate with anybody. You miss the point. You miss the point because we are all, all of us. Somebody say all. All All of us. We are co-laborers with God. So for me to grow to the level that God wants me to grow, I need you. And for you to grow to the level that God wants you to grow, you need me. So we are co-laborers. With God. They struggled to so say, they, they, my, my leader is the best leader. Uh, they had sexual issues. You know, it was in this church that a guy was having sexual relations with his father's wife. Talk about abomination. This Number two, huh? Not this oh, not in this church. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> not in Salvation Center. In Corinth. The church at Corinth. Come on now. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> but let's continue. Our at, at time is fast spent. Watch this. So, number one, spiritual growth is not a product of my personal labor God is the one that grows us you know but I need to walk on my heart we have talked about the state of the heart so I'm not going to dwell on that anymore so my responsibility remember I told you that I think it's during this week they're coming to do aeration on my lawn you know so that my lawn can breathe better and my grass can grow better you know some of us need aeration of our heart amen so that we can grow better, we can receive better, we can process better. Praise the Lord. Number two, we are God's field. Isn't that what the Bible says? From verse 7 to 9, it said it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both Will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. You are God's field. Amen. And you are God's building. He's saying that we, you, myself, we are all the field of God where God is planted his seed. As God plants in my heart and the word germinates, amen. The word sprouts, and it grows, and it begins to bear fruit. It says some 30, some 60, and some 100. The fruit, the Bible says, by their fruit, what? The fruit begins to minister to other people. The fruit begins to evangelize. I may not have to say a word, but because of the fruit that my life is producing, many are attracted to Christ. Amen? In the workplace, and so on and so forth. So it is good to know that God is interested in our growth. God wants me to grow. God wants you to grow. Amen? In verse 9, we see that. It says, it says that we are God's co-workers in growth. We help one another grow. Amen? Amen? Now. Amen now. How can I practically grow? I have Five bullet points there. Act with wisdom. And immerse yourself in godly community. Watch your friends. Watch your company. Watch the people you roll with. The people you roll with will influence your life. The Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. You know, uh, there's an English proverb, show me your friend. I will know who you are. You know, you can't say, no, 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 Uh, I'm not like that. They are just my friends. No, no, birds of the same feather. That's right. Dedicate yourself to reading the word and spend time in prayer. Worship regularly. Amen? Constantly evaluate your life. Do you stop to think and say, how well am I doing? What was my life like five years ago? Where was I three years ago? Where was I last year? Am I still having the same issues I was having last year? Amen? Am I still known for anger bouts? Ah, you don't want to see him angry. You know, as he was in the beginning, that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Number three, very quickly. Number three, in God's field, growth is not an option. Here's what I mean by that. It's not like I have an option whether I want to grow or not. Growth is not optional. God expects you and I to grow. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3 and the 18th verse. He says, Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, You must, somebody say, must. A must is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not saying, if possible, grow. Amen? It's not saying, if possible, increase. It's saying, you must. He saying, rather, you must. You must grow in grace and in knowledge. You must grow. And the same thing, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He like, said, look... There's so much I wanted to say to you, but you are so immature. I can't relate with you as serious Christians. I have to feed you milk. You know, by now you need solid food, but if I give you solid food, you will have constipation. Why? Because you're not mature. Praise the Lord. Paul clearly communicates that each person starts as an infant in the faith, but we are expected to become a mature follower of Christ. Let me give you uh, an example here. You know, there was a gentleman many years ago. This was uh, maybe the first or second year after we started the church, you know, that joined us. Uh, When he came. He came like uh, Pastor Ibuku came <laughs> in the campus days, you know. He came, he came with the girl that they were doing the do, you know. And then one Sunday in my office, I, I was talking to him, you know, kind of ministering to him. And he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And over time, you know, back then we used to do uh, Monday night prayer. Monday night prayer will start from like 10 p.m. till like 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, so I invited him. I said, join us, you know. Before long, he forgot the girl he came to church with. Before long, they separated. Before long, he got married. She got married. And they are both happily married today. And there is no sin. They are coming close to the Lord, separated them from their sin. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't say, no, 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 you don't do fornication. Don't do. No, I didn't have to say anything. But the more he grew, the more he matured, he made the decisions by himself. In fact, he repeated my story because that was my story. You know, when I gave my life to Christ, I, you know, I followed a girl to judge. You know? And then after a while, I totally forgot about her. She reminded me that, uncle, there's a reason why I invited you to come, that you have to be born again if we are going to be together. Oh, 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 I said, yeah, 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 that's true. (laughs) But I'm not, that girl is not Pastor Joyce. (laughs) What am I saying? As you mature, in Christ, if you open up your heart to him, if you cultivate your heart and allow the word of God to be rooted and grounded in your heart, soon it will begin to bear fruit. Amen? Bearing fruit does not come by determination. Oh, I will not do that again. Many people have made such decisions and they have not worked work in it. Praise the Lord. So, in God's field, growth is not an option. I must continue to grow, both in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you read the Maximized magazine uh, for the twentieth year anniversary, you know Obi. OB, no, no, no. Obi's was in a, in the documentary. You know, he said, "I know." that I was not behaving well, you know, but pastor pulled me close to himself. He said, I knew what he was doing, you know, because by being there and hearing the word and over time growing, those things left him. Sin and righteousness cannot mesh together. As you grow in righteousness... As you grow in grace, whatever sin you are struggling with is going to fall off your life they cannot both cohabit very quickly I, I I need to round up now number four number four number one is what act with wisdom okay number one is spiritual growth is not a product of Hard work. Number two, we are God's field. You have all the numbering wrong. That's okay. As long as you get the message, you get the gist. (laughs) Number three, in God's field, growth is not an option. Number four, listen now. Number four, growth needs the right environment. Growth to grow needs the right environment. What do I mean by that? When you read, this is one of my favorite. I, I don't know how many times I've preached from Colossians. I love the book of Colossians. Colossians, Ephesians. If you have been here long enough, you will have been part of the study of both books at least two, three times. And we're going through them right now. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must, somebody say, you must. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Watch this. It says, Let let your roots grow down. What does that suggest? When you say let something happen, it means give permission for it to happen. I am the one that is responsible for this part. If the word of God is going to grow deep in my heart, my heart has to be ready. My heart has to be hospitable. My heart has to be receptive. This is why it is possible to be born in church, raised in church, walk in church, and do all of that in church, and the life is not transformed whatsoever. Amen? So my proximity, my presence, does not change anything if my heart has not been cultivated. If the soil it still remains the same barren wasteland nothing is going to happen but the right environment is needed can you plant apple in sahara desert why is the soil you put sand and you put water and let it grow no why because the right environment is not there the right temperature amen the right humidity And everything is needed. Number five, recognize adversity as an opportunity for growth. You know this text very well if you have been around church. James chapter 1 from 2 to 4. James chapter 1, 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Listen, many years ago, the lesson I learned, this was uh, 1994. 94? Yeah, 94, 95. I was in a bad place. If you have ever been in a terrible financial crisis, I don't think it was worse than what I was in. You know, back then, I will sleep like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I will wake up because I'm having nightmares, you know, that they are chasing me. <laughs> and I was back in Nigeria. <laughs> in Nigeria, if you owe somebody money and they are influential, they can just go give the police money and the police will come grab you and lock you up and forget you there. So those were the kind of... <laughs> dreams i was having that they came to grab me you know and they are dragging me to prison to jail you know i oh man it it was a difficult time i wake up in the morning i can't pray you know but we you know how after salmon prayers will be said and all of this thing so i won't listen to someone i just fast forward to the end where prayer is being said as they are praying, I will just join the prayer. Oh, Father, Father, Father. You know. And that's how I was living. I was in fear. I was in trepidation. But in that situation, God moved in a way that he shook me. Shook the foundation of my faith. And because of that experience, of that adversity, till today, money does not face me. Why? I learned... From that adversity. Do not allow adversity to take you away from your faith. Do not allow adversity to snatch you from his presence. Because every adversity is for a season. A change is coming your way. I think the people here I'm talking to. I said a change is coming your way. Your turnaround is around the corner your appointed time to be lifted up has come in the mighty name of Jesus adversity tough times don't last Amen Amen. Amen. tough times hold on look at your neighbor say hold on on. God is there with you in the name of Jesus rise to your feet as we close we hope you've been blessed by this message We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccg.sanantonio.org.